0: which is mindset and spiritual coaching for women runners who know that they're ready to shift away from the shoulds and to's in their running routine and replace them with want and desire to live a happier and more balanced life. Are you ready? Let's go! Hey runner friends, thanks for tuning in today and welcome to episode 127. I'm excited that you're here with me today. As I mentioned on the episode last week, I do have some upcoming changes I'm super excited about. I am going in a little bit of a different direction with my brand and just wanna make sure that I give you all a heads up that the name of this podcast will change in the very near future. I'm just finalizing it. The content will still be running, of course, but it'll be more niched down, which I'm excited about because it means I can talk more specifically to you all and I can serve you all better. So in today's episode, it's all about mastering the mind, one of my favorite topics. And for this episode, I've put together five steps to help you do that. And I've used some different running resources such as magazines interviews and blog posts now when we think about self-doubt which is so often at the core of what we struggle with as runners i think it's it's helpful to really kind of just think about what self self self-doubt is often founded in which is fear so Fear can take on many different shapes. It can be fear of measuring up to others, right? It can be fear of other runners, what they'll think, or yeah, mostly what they'll think of us. It can be on social media. It can be, you know, running with people in person. Anyways, all of that said, I think mostly it's really, it really boils down to fear of not measuring up to the idea of what it means to be a runner, of what we feel it means to be a runner, right? Our own perception of this. As I was coming home from a speed workout yesterday, I was just trotting along and I I just became really present to this. I recognized what had kept me from enjoying running in the past, up until I was 45, remember, had to do with my idea of what it meant to be a runner. And in my mind, this image of what it meant to be a runner was somebody who ran at a fast pace all the time. That's kind of what running was about. And, you know, that equated to, for me, attempting to try and do that, I would always be 100% in zones three, four. I don't know about five, but three, four. Basically, to where it was just uncomfortable in the long run, right? But I say this because so often this goes unverbalized in our mind, and it it just stays as this image in the back of our mind that just kind of keeps murking (laughs) our thoughts and just keeps pulling us down or into this web of negative self-talk so there you have it all right so what i want to share with you today i loved how canadian running is what it's called it's an online magazine maybe it's the equivalent of runner's world i'm not sure how they address negative self-talk in an article titled tips for silencing self-doubt and i thought i would share that with you guys today because i think They do a really good job of giving actionable resources, actionable steps that make sense also. Instead, I just kind of plaster on it, oh, things are going great, or don't address things that aren't going well because I don't want to see them. I don't want to acknowledge them because then they become real kind of thing. So the very first step is to start by acknowledging your fears, super important. To actually start there. So often, like I just said, we don't want to do this step because we think it's just then going to get larger than life. If We acknowledge it, it becomes real, we think. And then maybe we can't control it, right? So then we don't do that. But as they say, most self-doubt stems from fear. Fear that you're not good enough. Fear that you'll fail. Fear that you'll embarrass yourself. The list goes on. Many runners, first instinct is to try and ignore those scary thoughts. But in order to overcome fears, you have to first acknowledge them. The next time you're on a run and your head starts to say things like, I suck, I can't do this. I'll never be a good runner. I'll never accomplish my goal. Try to say, okay, fear, I hear you. Acknowledge it that way. It may sound a bit crazy, but actually naming your fears can take away their power and help you put everything in perspective. In most cases, you'll find that some external factor, for example, having a stressful week at work is responsible for your negative self-talk. I just thought this step was really, really helpful. Name the fear, right? Because once you start putting names on things, they are less scary. Think about when you were a kid you know, the fear of of a monster in a dark room, maybe when you had to go to sleep, right? Just stayed as this feeling of fear because it went somewhat unacknowledged, right? And it just kind of builds and looms bigger and bigger and then really negatively impact us. Step number two is turn your negative thoughts into mantras. This is a really interesting step that I'm excited to share. So now that you've acknowledged your fears, the article goes on, flip those negative thoughts on their heads by turning them into motivational mantras. For example, turn and I'll never be a good runner into every day that I train, I'm becoming better, right? You can't argue against that. So I thought this was really interesting and actually a very productive way instead of just trying to silence the inner critic By first off, not acknowledging it or pushing it out of the way, instead, turn that phrase that's so familiar to you into just a plain statement, like every day that I train, I'm becoming better, full stop. It's the truth, right? Step number three is be kind to yourself. With running, as with everything in life, some days are better than others, they just are, right? So if a run or a workout doesn't go well, remind yourself that it's okay to have off days. And one lesson stellar performance doesn't define you. Take whatever lessons you can from the day and leave it in the past and move on. The bottom line here I think that's so important to understand is that we are responsible for our own feelings the, own f- the feeling that we choose to be in, right? So if we choose to perpetuate negative thoughts, clearly we're going to put ourselves into a negative feeling, which will not serve us in the long run. So as they said in the article, take whatever lessons you can from the day, then leave it in the past and move on. And I just thought of a Ted Lasso quote here. And those of you who watched the show might think of it too, is be a goldfish. Why? Because a goldfish only has a 10 second memory, right? Just really, instead of perpetuating the negativity, what is not going the way you want it, leave it be and move on and recognize that that's how it's going to be, right? Because step number four is be a little cocky. Doesn't matter how much others believe in you. If you don't believe in yourself, when you're standing on the start line of a race or about to begin a workout, go ahead and tell yourself that you're going to crush it. Confidence, even if you have to force it a little, will go a long way in helping you reach your goals. And this is according to Canadian running. I like to think of this as have your own back because your runs will be 50-50, 50% 50 will feel great, 50% won't feel so great. So here's the key, expect them to be 50-50. And I mean that seriously, because if you go out with a mindset that, yeah, I know, things are 50-50, then you are at an advantage because you already know that some things won't be as great as other things, right? And on the other hand, it's what you do with this knowledge that either sets you up for success or struggle, right? So you can be crushed about a result, a race, and allow the feeling, right? Absolutely. Allow the feeling to linger for a little bit, process it. Just like Coach Vigil in Dina Castor's memoir, Let Your Mind Run explained to her after a defeat that she experienced early in her career, he told her that he was happy for her devastated feeling in the moment because it showed him that she was invested in her success. She wanted better results, right? So to borrow his approach, allow the feeling. Just don't linger in it for too long right? Move on, like in step three. And clearly, if you're a runner who feels his way after every training run, if every training run feels disappointing, then something bigger is amiss here because you're missing then the point of why you're running, right? And your plan likely needs to be adjusted, but so does your attitude, also, because it's really what you do about this knowledge that'll set you up for success or struggle, right? Step number five is one of my favorite steps. Gratitude changes everything, it just does. And I've mentioned legendary distance runner Dina Castro multiple times on this on this podcast, and I really appreciate how she explains it in one of the many interviews that she's done, and I'll make sure to link it in the show notes. What Dina shares, I personally feel also. So if gratitude is not a daily habit of yours yet, runner friend, I highly encourage you to make it. Here's a quote. The practice of gratitude is one of the more powerful habits you can do for your performance and perspective. Giving tribute to the things That bring you joy releases good hormones in your body, but also causes the negativity to fall into your blind spot. The continued practice enforces that you continuously look for items or ideas to write on your list. It really creates a snowball effect of optimism at its most personal. When running is part of your day, the focus is on being grateful for the time to run, the scenery, and your own ability, as opposed to the fatigue you may feel. And this was end a quote by Dina Castor. So she also mentions another great quote that I just want to make sure I share with you guys that running with a positive perspective opens your energy level and allows you to perform to your potential. Stress and fear restrict your physical body and therefore inhibit your potential. It's very interesting when you actually bring it all back to energy and how it impacts us at a vibrational level. Because she has referred in her book so many times to how she was able to improve her running, her pace, her speed, and therefore all her wins to the fact that she really worked in her mind and she really worked on gratitude And how, as she's saying here, it opens your energy level and allows you to perform to your potential. It's just amazing. So I get it. Working on our thoughts is hard work. I agree. It is. It's a work, though, that we get to do to continue to evolve ourselves, I believe. And when we practice hard things on purpose, whether it's in the form of a run or creating awareness around our thoughts, when we do that on purpose, at times then that hard things happen to us, we become a lot more skilled at navigating them. And so I thought I wanted to share this quote by Huberman Lab. Because I think it really sums it up so well. The reason to deliberately do hard things is that so when non-self-elected challenges arrive, and they will, you can tell yourself, I don't know how this is all going to turn out, but I'm certain I can do hard things. And he goes on to say, don't self-injure. But doing hard things is always worthwhile. End of quote. And this is by Huberman Lab. So as we're coming to the end here, runner friend, if you'd like more episodes on mindset to overcoming negative self-talk, then request the free nine episode private podcast called Runners, Ditch the Negative Self-Talk. It's full of recommendations and suggestions for how to silence the inner critic. I'll make sure to link it in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, runner friend, please consider sharing it with a fellow runner who you think might also find it inspiring. My goal is to help as many women transform their runs from a chore to a joy. So if running is our practice ground and we can turn every experience into fuel, then we can transfer it to the rest of our life and positively impact our whole world, just one run at a time.